Welcome to that Vacation Company podcast. It's Caleb and Chanel here today, and we are continuing in our That Disney Hustle series, A Magical Look at Disneyland. That's actually not the title of the series, but I felt like saying it today. Um, yeah, so we are looking at Disneyland. We are looking at um, the various lands of Disneyland as we um, kind of take you on an excursion around the park. So we began our little um, series with an overview of the Disneyland Resort. Then we took you into Disneyland Park, and we began on Main Street, USA. Now we are doing what we typically do, what the Bergs typically do when we're at a Disney park, and that is we are taking a left, and we are heading into the jungles. We are heading into Adventureland, one of our favorite lands. Um, that's kind of like saying one of your favorite kids, I suppose, but... Um, I would say we we do have we do have favorites when it comes to the lands of Disney, um, and Adventureland happens to be one of them. So um, we we love the sounds, we love the sights, we love the smells, everything that goes along with Adventureland. You really feel like you're going off on an adventure. So we're going to take you through the attractions, we're going to take you through the dining, and even a little look at the shopping uh, as much as we're able to. Shopping is very, uh, whatever, you know, seasonal and, and whatnot, so it's hard to like really thumbs up, thumbs down some shopping experiences, whatever. They're shopping, they're, they're gifts, they're souvenirs, they're all that kind of stuff, you know, what do you, what do, you do there? I don't know. Uh, but we can definitely give you some insight into the attractions and the dining, and then we can also discuss, we talked about this two seconds before we started recording, what we think of the differences between Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida, and Disneyland in Anaheim, California, as far as the Adventureland land. Double word score. Um, Because there is an Adventureland in both, and yes, there are differences. So, before we kick in, um, Chanel, why don't you jump in and weigh in on just what you think overall of Adventureland. I know you've said when we did our Walt Disney World episode that it is one of your favorite lands, and uh, why don't you weigh in on this, having made two trips to Adventureland in Disneyland Park. Okay, so um, Adventureland is my favorite land in Disney World, and I think I think I would have to say that's also true for Disneyland. It's hard. There's one other there's one other land that I really really like that maybe almost ties for first place or comes in a very close second. And I'll tell you that one when we get to it. I'll keep it a, I'll keep it a, a secret. I'll keep it a surprise for when we get there. But there is one other that rivals it, but I just really love Adventureland. I love the theming. Um both are incredibly done in both parks. This one obviously is the original because this is the first Disney park. Um, I love the ambient music in the part in the Adventureland parks. Um, I love the, the the decor and everything. I love the rides in uh, Adventureland. So this one, I'd have to say, also I think is my favorite at Disneyland. Um, and we'll get into more of the attractions and things like that. There is, um, if I had to pit them against each other, okay, so Adventureland Disney World, Adventureland Disneyland, um, I think the Adventureland and Disney World is going to win out just a little bit. Um, and I'll, 
I'm, I'm being very vague all the time, but we'll get to why I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I'll get to why I think that the one at world is my favorite that wins out by an edge. So we'll get there when we get there, but now we can jump into attractions or whatever Caleb has next on his, his agenda for this episode. So I do love me some Adventureland. Yeah. So Disneyland opened, um, actually celebrated its birthday yesterday, I believe. Um, at the time of recording this, uh, you know, uh, but the, the history of Adventureland coincides with that because it was an opening day land. Uh, and it is one of the original five lands. There are currently nine lands in Disneyland. Wow, we say land a lot. Somebody be tracking that. How many times do we say land today? Um, and it is really kind of based on Walt's uh, True Life Adventure series, um, documentary series that were done uh, back in the day. Um, and so you have all sorts of you know, adventure and jungle and, and all that kind of stuff, kind of the whimsical idea of what adventure would be like, you know. So in this way, you know, it's not true to life totally, but it is a whimsical look at an adventure. Um, what what young boys and girls dream of one day, you know, I ironically enough, I, I always dreamed of being an archaeologist when I was a kid, teenager. Um, and uh, this is kind of the the whimsical version of that, you know, the hero, the the guy, uh, much like Indiana Jones, but we'll get to him in a moment, um, you know, rescuing people and, and jumping through the jungles and wrestling alligators and all that. Only problem is I was afraid of all that, so uh, that didn't happen. Uh, but this this is an opening day land, and not all of the attractions, though, are opening day attractions, um, and that's okay. That's okay. It has definitely grown and developed over time. Um, one of the key things, when, I'm just going to give it a two thumbs up right off the bat. I love the music of Adventureland. You have like drums beating in the background and all sorts of sounds of birds and, and the things you would expect in the in the whimsical version of an Adventureland jungle. Uh, but you have all that taking place, and I love that. I love the transition as well when you're going from the hub, which kind of still has that carryover from Main Street USA. The music is very, like, uh, early early 20th century type of music, um, kind of similar to what our theme song actually is for these episodes. And you transition in, into the more noises that you'd expect of this whimsical view of adventure. So let's jump right into um, my notes here. We're going to start with attractions. And as you know, the way we do this is we actually take you through the land and and where we're coming into, where we're entering Adventureland is from the hub. So everything that we encounter from here on, though we take it in sections, will be in the order that you encounter it as you journey through Adventureland or or any of the lands that we're we're going through here. We're going to take you around Disneyland through the park and so you're journeying with us as we walk through the map. So, Enchanted Tiki Room is the first attraction that you're going to encounter. And this is 
really a vision of Walt Disney. Um, he worked on these audio animatronics, and it debuted at Disneyland in 1963. So not an opening day attraction, um, but these were really some of the original anima- audio animatronics. We talked about the Abraham Lincoln one in the previous episode. These were also some of those early audio animatronics, um, cutting-edge technology for its time. Um, they have been upgraded since then, uh, new control systems and things like that put in. Um, but these were Walt's vision. This this was Walt's vision. This was created for, um, I believe, kind of in mind of the World's Fair. I'll have, I didn't actually look it up. Um, but that kind of the, the time frame of all of this uh, was that 1964 World's Fair. So these, though this debuted at Disneyland in 63, that was kind of all at the same time that they were designing all of this for the World's Fair. So tropical birds, tiki gods, colorful flowers come to life in a swinging South Seas musical celebration. The lights will dim for talking macaws spring to life, and before long the chorus of crooning birds is joined by an enchanting cast of over 225 choreographed audio animatronic birds and performers. So the technology, as I mentioned, uh, came about in the early 60s. It was groundbreaking for its time. And it really allowed like physical animation, if you will. So at this time, Disney was making lots of animated films. And they wanted to carry that over in the parks. How do we animate real life? And this was the way that they did that. They synchronized movement, audio, and visual effects. And it really paved the way for attractions like Small World, Pirates of the Caribbean, and Haunted Mansion. Um, Walt originally envisioned the Enchanted Tiki Room as a as a dinner show, and I think that would have been amazing. I wish that that was true, um, but he knew the attractions would be so pop. The attraction would be so popular uh, that he changed the format of it to accommodate more guests to be able to move through, um, and that's probably a good a good thing. So at this point in time, Chanel, why don't you weigh in before we give our two thumbs up and before we give our differences, or maybe you can go ahead and head into that. Yes. So the difference in Disneyland, California, and uh, and Magic Kingdom over in in Disney World, um, in in <clears throat> Adventureland. Sorry, that got bogged down and all that. Um, you in in World, you enter in and Jungle Cruise. I think is your first attraction. You're greeted with Jungle Cruise, and in Land, you're greeted with the Tiki Room. Um, the setup of the Tiki Room is different. The attraction is different. The The little pre-show is different. Um, I love the little pre-shows for the Tiki Room. I love both of them. They're fun to see. Um, what I love about the Tiki Room in Disneyland is that you have the opportunity to grab a Dole Whip right there at the Tiki Room attraction. It's not inside the Tiki Room, but it's just outside the Tiki Room. Perfect location for grabbing a Dole Whip. I love, I love that about this. Um, so I can't really pick a favorite out of the two. They're both great. They're just, they're just different. Um, different setup, different, different um, exterior building and everything. But they're both fabulous shows. And to me. They're both a must-see when you go to Adventureland, when you go to Magic Kingdom or Disneyland. So for me, it's a definite two thumbs up, without without a doubt. Yeah, I would say as well, two thumbs up for me. And I will say that I think that Disneyland edges out just slightly for me because of the fact that the 
pre-show is pretty cool. I like the pre-show better. Um, you are outside when it begins. Um, and it is right there next to the Tiki Juice Bar, which we'll talk about more in a moment. But um, you, I've done this before. Um, it's a two-sided outdoor kiosk for grabbing your, your Dole Whip. And I've picked up a Dole Whip right before uh, we head over to the not right before we head into it. We are actually in that pre-show area. You order from that side of it, you're there. You get your Dole Whip, you sit down, you watch all what's going on in the pre-show, eating your Dole Whip. I don't believe you can actually bring food into it, but um, you have plenty of time to to get that down. So um, it's definitely the way to do it. So get your Dole Whip or Dole Whip float, check out the pre-show, and uh, eagerly await your entrance into the Tiki Room. Um, but the show is pretty similar. There are some differences, um, especially when Walt Disney World uh, ventured into the under new management version of it, and uh, thankfully that burned down. Um, but they've returned it mostly to its original format, but I think that the Disneyland one is a little bit better. It might be a little bit scarier. I don't, I don't know. And scary is relative, right? I'm talking like for me or little children, it's a little intense, but uh, probably for most people it's not. Moving right along, uh, we are going to head over to the Jungle Cruise, which, like Chanel said, the order of these is a little different at Disneyland. And I think one of the biggest differences between Disneyland and Walt Disney World is, again, just the space, the size of it. Adventureland and Disneyland is a good bit smaller, uh, but it's still very magical, very immersive, and wonderful. So Jungle Cruise, cast off on a guided tour of the world's most remote rivers. I'm, I'm getting these, uh, these descriptions from the Disneyland website, by the way. Cast off on a guided tour off of the world's most remote rivers where adventure abounds. And the animals get the last laugh. The original Jungle Cruise opened on July 17th, 1955 at Disneyland Park. Um, so this was an opening day attraction, although it has changed many times over. And it's based on Disney's award-winning true life adventure films. The attraction had a more educational tone in the early Years, But in the 60s, Walt Disney introduced more drama, and he asked Mark Davis to sketch some humorous gags. And uh, forgive me if I pronounce that weird. It's the Minnesotan in me. Um, But in its original format, and you can find the audio of the original format, it's much like those early nature documentaries where you've got that really, you know, baritone voice, um, voiceover actor. Um, I'm not... Not sure who it was. There's a name that's ringing around in my my head, and I'm not sure it's correct, so I'm not going to say it. Um, But as you go through, it's just kind of like, and over here you'll see the native wildflowers of, you know, whatever. And um, it was was really cool. You can check that out. You can listen to it. But as time went on, they incorporated jokes, and, and now it's kind of become its own thing. I mean, there's a whole fandom out there just based on the jokes alone that the skippers who are navigating you through the waters are telling. They are like quintessential dad jokes just thrown into the jungle, and they're, they're eye-roll-type jokes, but they are funny uh, in the context of everything. So some of the highlights um, I wrote down, and again, these are from the website the Disneyland website, Ancient Cambodian Shrine. Come face-to-face with leaping tigers, lethal cobras, and snapping crocodiles. The Jungle Cruise Safari Camp cruised past a former camp overrun by explosively curious gorillas. Indian Elephant Bathing Pool. Venture into the sacred pool where you'll see bathing Indian elephants. Feel free to take pictures. They have their trunks on. Uh, The African Velt. 
Behold angry hippos and hungry lions guarding a sleeping zebra. Schweitzer Falls, be awed as you take in a true natural wonder, the eighth wonder of the world, the backside of water. I feel like I'm missing my calling. I need to go be a skipper, maybe. I don't know. Chanel, should I? I would love that. Um, Jungle Cruise is my favorite Disney ride. It just is. Um, At both parks, this is the case. Um, I fell in love with it immediately um, at at Disney World, and the same feelings apply to Disneyland. I love the jokes. I love the corniness of it all. I absolutely love it. Some people just don't get it, can't stand it, don't understand it. They just don't understand this thing that we have, the Jungle Cruise and I. So... um, I love it. So it's 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 definitely a two thumbs up for me. Um, I don't feel like I need to add anything to it. I just love it. Two thumbs up for me. And Chanel, why don't you take over on this one? Um, which is funny because I probably know more about Indiana Jones. But why don't you take over? Okay. So the next attraction we have, this is this is only at Disneyland. This is not at Disney World and Adventureland. This is the Indiana Jones Adventure. Embark on a fast-paced thrill ride and thr- thrill ride in search <laughs> of Indiana Jones. Enter his this cursed temple at your own risk. Follow Indy's footsteps into the crumbling temple of the Forbidden Eye, past intricate booby traps, inspect carvings and frescoes that tell the story of Mara, a powerful deity who promises great treasures and vengeance to those foolish enough to gaze into its all-seeing eyes. Board a rugged troop, transport, board a rugged troop transport and enter the chamber of destiny. Confront inconceivable dangers like precarious precipices over molten lava, screaming mummies, swarms of giant insects, spear-throwing insects... <laughs> Spear-throwing wraiths, collapsing bridges, slithering snakes, and a massive rolling boulder. Um, So this is a really fun ride. Um, I think I've only done it once, even though we've been there twice. Um, It was a lot of fun. My memory of it is not incredibly clear because I think I've only done it once, but I really enjoyed it. It's one of the differences between the two adventure lands and it makes for a great difference. Um, would I give it two thumbs up? Um, I feel like I need to ride it again to really make the, the best assessment. I would give it one and a half thumbs up if that's possible. Yeah. So I only give it one thumb up. And the reason for that is you, you all know me pretty well by now. I I'm not a massive fan of thrill rides and I felt like this was a pretty thrilling ride. Um, like she said, you know, there's, as she read through the description of it from the website, which, man, they love alliteration or something. There's a lot of precarious precipices and Trump, uh, troop transports and all these words that trip up you as you try to speak good. Um, I, I especially loved the swarms of giant inspectors. I mean, insects. Um, I just had in my mind these inspectors swarming. Um, but the the attraction is very similar in style and I I dare say layout as um, over at Walt Disney World in Animal Kingdom, the Dino Land, the Dinosaur Ride. Obviously, the theming is vastly different, but it's a very similar ride vehicle. uh, And 
and I've seen on online some comparisons of the two. So I'm, I'm thinking, you know, they kind of just they dressed it differently, gave it different themes, and all that good stuff. But it's very similar in its nature of an attraction. You will get jostled, and I I don't always feel great afterwards. My back hurts, my neck hurts. I rode it twice because we did rider swap. It was closed during our first trip in 2007 for refurb. When we went in 2017, no, I'm sorry, 2012, our first trip. In 2017, when we went, it was open. We did rider swap. I rode it twice. So um, it was fun. I really enjoyed it, but um, I was kind of hurting afterwards. Maybe it's because I did it twice. I don't know. Uh, But, yeah, I'm going to give it one thumb up, and we'll move on from there unless you have anything to add in alliterative form. Um, Tarzan's Treehouse. And this one's a little bit sad because it's closed. It recently closed. End of 2021, I believe. Um, Yeah, on September 3rd, 2021, the attraction closed for an unexpected refurbishment, and it was later announced in April of this year, 2022, that the Tarzan theme would be permanently retired and would be rethemed. It's currently unknown what the new theme will be for the attraction, Um, but there are some rumors out there. I don't necessarily want to give too much cred to any of them, but um, I, I, I kind of imagine, based on the way Disney's been doing things as of late, I could see them going with something like an Encanto theme or something similar. I don't know, because I would think that they would have to do it at Walt Disney World, too, because they've really gotten into the habit of whatever they do at Disneyland, they do at Disney World as of late. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, it was Swiss Family Treehouse from 1962 to 1999, and it was Tarzan's Treehouse from 1999 to 2021. I enjoy these attractions. I, I enjoy Swiss Family Treehouse more, and that's at Walt Disney World still to this day. I enjoy that more. It's classic. Um, it's it's the best queue in Walt Disney World, because you know, that's kind of what it feels like. You're just walking through a treehouse. Um, you definitely can get some good shots on your camera from either one of these tree treehouses. Um, and it's basically a giant tree and, um, you know, obviously it's not a real tree. It's not a growing tree. It's a tree that they built man-made tree. Um, but the Tarzan one, uh, was based on the animated film Tarzan and it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of cool things in that. And, and, you know, again, a good movie to base it on because, uh, you don't want to try to force something. And that kind of is my fear for a reimagined version of this, because Encanto's a house, not a tree. Um, so I wouldn't want that necessarily, although I do want an Encanto attraction. Um, yeah, kind of torn on that. But I will give it one thumb up um, and and just kind of in honor of what it was. And I'm interested to see what it becomes. I just had a great idea. I think, well, I do think that an Encanto attraction would be fabulous. I think that this could be a good spot for it because I think it could fit that Adventureland theming. I think it would take a good bit of reworking to do it justice because I think to do an Encanto theme, um, if you wanted to do the the house, the casita, I think you would have to, I think there would have to be a lot going on because, you know, in, in Encanto, the casita is alive and the floors move and the stairs move and all these things are moving parts and pieces. And I think that that could be an amazing attraction if they could figure out how to do some of those things interactively with guests. I think that would be super fabulous. But I think as a treehouse uh, idea, I don't know how they would fully meld because the casita is not a treehouse, but I just thought of a way that it could when Caleb was talking. So, um, the little fella that got his door in the movie, 
uh, Antonio, right? Antonio. Antonio. I think it would be amazing if they did his room as this attraction because then you could incorporate the tree because when Antonio goes into his room, it's basically like a huge jungle inside because his gift is talking to animals and interacting with animals. And I think he does have a massive tree in there that he, you know, climbs up the tiger. He jumps on the back of his tiger friend and rides up this tree. So I think that that could make for a tie in there. I think that Jaguar. Jaguar, I'm sorry. Um, anyway, I think we need to talk to Disney about it. I think we need a little bit of kickback from it. We would just take free park admission for life. That would work for us. Well, I know Josh tomorrow listens to our podcast. He's the he's the guy that we need to give call. And I'm now I'm wondering in my head if I just butchered his name. But, you know, we'll give him a call. So um, I think that that could be really cool. Do um, Antonio's... Antonio's room as a treehouse, uh, interactive treehouse. So uh, maybe you can walk through it, but there, if there were some cool animatronics or interactive things, that could be a lot of fun. Um, so back to back to the attraction as it is or as it was. Like Caleb said, this is Tarzan's um, treehouse area, and basically what these are is a giant queue, like he said, the Swiss Family Robinson in Disney World and this one. You're you're climbing upstairs, you're you're you know, you're walking around. Um, but it is really entertaining because there's lots of details to see. Um, you can take lots of pictures. You can oftentimes catch a nice little breeze up here because you're walking, you're um, going up several stories into the into the tree. Um, so for me, I don't know. I, I guess I could give this attraction maybe one thumb. I don't even know if I could do that because I am such a big fan of Swiss Family Robinson. I'm a huge Swiss Family Robinson uh, fan of, of the Disney adaptation. I've actually never read the book. Maybe I'll get there one day. But Caleb and Olive can tell you I love to watch this movie maybe a little bit too much. It's one that I frequently try to bring up in our movie movie nights just because I love it. And so I love this attraction and world. I love that it's still the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. I I love to go through it. I don't like to miss it when I go, although I will if the group, you know, if whatever group we're with just isn't feeling it. But um, the Tarzan one, Tarzan just is not um, a storyline or a movie or a whatever that resonates with me. So I just am not that into it. Um, I'll do it, but I'm not that into it. So I wish it were sw- still Swiss Family, or I would love to see it reimagined as Antonio's room. All right, so that's it for the attractions. And now we're going to move on to the other attractions known as dining. Uh, because really at Disney, dining is an attraction. Bomp, bomp, bomp. So, yeah, that was pathetic. Um, moving on to dining. The first place that you're going to run into heading back to the entrance of Adventureland that we've wandered into. Like I said, we're taking this in segments, but we're heading the same direction. Is the tiki du- <laughs> the tiki juice bar? I uh, won't go into what I almost said. Uh, snack location. So this is a snack place. This is not, you're not going to get meals here. This is I, I didn't even necessarily call it a quick service because it's just kind of a drink place. Um, it's a snack place, and the menu is pretty simple, and that's fine with me. You can get your Dole Whip pineapple soft serve here. You can get your Dole Whip float, which is pineapple juice and uh, pineapple soft serve. You can get separate 
pineapple juice. And you can get bottled water. Very simple menu. Um, Maybe occasionally they throw in some specialties, uh, but for the most part, it's just kept pretty simple. And it's going to get a solid two thumbs up from me because this is my must-have snack at all Disney parks. And I know that you can get Dole Whip elsewhere. I recently got Dole Whip at an ice cream shop here in New York. But the reality is Dole Whip does not taste anywhere near as amazing as it does when you get it at Disney and pay four times as much for it. Um, it's just amazing at Disney, and it's a must-do. It, it, you know, If you're a Disney Parks fan, you know what I'm saying. And so I'm a fan of the floats. Chanel kind of goes a little wishy-washy on that. We're not in total agreement on that. Um, but I prefer the floats. Um, Chanel, thumbs? Oh, yeah, two thumbs up for sure. Um, I prefer just the soft serve itself, like whether I'm getting just plain Dole Whip or Dole Whip twisted with something i prefer it because i just find although i love pineapple i find that the dole whip with the pineapple juice is just a little bit too much sugar it's too sweet for me it's it's too sweet so um it's just i'll eat it but it's i prefer just the dole whip itself and that's understandable she's been saying that about me for years i'm just too sweet um and it's the diabetes uh, but moving on, uh, the next few dining locations that we're going to mention, we've actually not eaten at, so we can't necessarily give reviews, but we will talk about them. Part of it is because at least one of them was not open when we went. It's uh, been a, a, it's a new addition, so to speak. That is the Tropical Hideaway. Um, and this is kind of in the same area as the Tiki Room, and uh, there's also a way to get to it from the Jungle Cruise. And it kind of crosses the experience between the two. Uh, so that's a really cool theming element. And I think it's kind of Disneyland's attempt to bring in some of the vibe, not not saying in totality, but some of the vibe of the Skipper Canteen that opened at Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World. Um, so the Tropical Hideaway, it is quick service, um, and it is... Featuring exotic eats and a place to rest for weary world travelers and park guests alike. Soak in the sights and sounds of this bustling, bizarre-style atmosphere. Not bizarre as in like, oh, that's weird. Um, it, you, know, you can find everything from an absent Moroccan lamp seller's stall to a variety of food vendors offering sweet, tasty options. It's an Adventureland experience like never before. So at this location, you can actually get the additional flavors of Dole Whip, like mango, watermelon, pineapple, and probably some of the other flavors as well occasionally, like the raspberry and and just all those other varieties, lime, all that stuff. And you can get floats, the soft serve, and you can get swirl options. So like if you want to do what Schnell's favorite swirl option is, pineapple and watermelon, you can do that there. If you wanted to do my favorite swirl option, which is the pineapple and raspberry. You can do it there uh, when they have raspberry. Um, But they also have snacks like bao buns and lumpia and a variety of chips. Now, I will say that the options snack-wise looked really good and and quite different than um, maybe your typical theme park food. So the fact that you can get lumpia is always a cool thing. I love lumpia. Um, It's like an egg roll, um, but just amazing. Um, you bao buns are always a delightful snack as well. And then the variety of chips looked like all sorts of unique flavorings and, and other options. Um, so this would be on my list to check out. So I definitely want to want to do that. Uh, Tropical Imports. This is a food cart. This is where you can get your fruit and your grab and go options. Um, one of the more unique 
I, I say unique, but maybe not necessarily unique given the context of California. Um, you can get things like pineapple spears and, and stuff like that there, um, which is a refreshing snack. I'm not a massive pineapple fan, but I can imagine in a, uh, you know, a California sunny day that that would be very uh, refreshing. And then Bengal barbecue. Now, this definitely stands out as a place I would like to try. We haven't eaten there before. It opened in 1990, um, so it's not new. It's not that we haven't gotten it because it's new or anything. It's just it. we tried other things in our two trips to Disneyland. So uh, it would be on our list to try, uh, but you can tear into some this description comes from the Disneyland website. Tear into some toothsome jungle skewers at this quick service stand featuring spicy or sweet beef, chicken, bacon wrapped asparagus, or fresh vegetables. Uh, the menu looks really good. You can get a variety of skewers. You can get a rice bowl type of thing where it comes with skewers. Um, and the prices look pretty standard. I think the rice bowl was somewhere around $17 and it comes with a couple skewers. The skewers themselves are somewhere around $7 per skewer. And uh, yeah, f- grilled meat doesn't get better than that. And if you are um, a non-meat eater, they have vegetable options as well. Uh, not just the bacon wrapped asparagus, which sounds delightful. Uh, if, if you uh, like that kind of thing, I mean, it uh, definitely sounds good to me. Um, yeah, so can't give any thumbs up on those because we haven't had those three last options, but definitely worth a try heading into Adventureland. Um, shopping, pretty limited. Um, the only shop stand, souvenir stand, uh, is the Adventureland Bazaar. Find souvenirs from Aladdin, The Lion King, and Indiana Jones films, as well as an assortment of plushies and tropical clothing in this large shop. Um, and so that's that's the only shopping outpost there at Adventureland. Um, I'm sure you can find your typical things like pins um, and all the goodies that come with it. Um, there used to be an Indiana Jones adventure outpost. This was located at the Indiana Jones attraction at the end of it. You know, you walk through the ride, you get you 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 do the ride you walk through and inevitably land in a gift shop um and so in that that closed in 2017 to make more room for Bengal barbecue seating and all the merchandise was relocated to the Adventureland bazaar uh so yeah that is that is that that is the shopping um yeah i don't really ever give thumbs up on the shopping experience all that much because what do you how do you rate it it's just shopping and i love a gift shop trust me and i do stop in most of them. Uh, but it is just a gift shop. So all that said, Adventureland overall, two thumbs up from the Bergs. Um, and maybe you'll notice one major difference by omission uh, from the Walt Disney World Adventureland compared to the Disneyland Adventureland. And that is at the Walt Disney World Adventureland, there's the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. This does not exist at the Disneyland Adventureland land. Because there is another land that just doesn't exist at Walt Disney World, and that is New Orleans Square. And that's where we're heading next, and that will be our, our next Disney Hustle episode, and we will cover the Pirates of the Caribbean there. Um, and it will be a delightful a delightful episode. Uh, Chanel is from Louisiana. I lived in Louisiana for nearly 15 years, and so we've got feelings about New Orleans Square, um, and we're going to talk about it. Fern just woke up, and she's coming to hang out here at the table, the podcast studio table, and uh, she looks adorable. She's wrapped in her little, I don't know what you call this one, Snuggie, I don't know, 
doesn't guard her arms. Oh, she's smiling at me. It's like a sleep sack, but doesn't like hold her arms down or anything. But she's excited. What do you want to say about Adventureland? Yeah. You say something. Tell us something. She looks like she wants to talk, but she's just unsure what to say. She's just speechless at this point. But um, that'll do it for today's episode as we've covered Adventureland at Disneyland. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. If this is your first time listening to us, hit the subscribe button and maybe recommend it to your friends. Tell everybody you know about this delightful podcast and uh, uh, just share it with them. And we would really appreciate it. That's probably the best way that you can help us. Another way that you can help us uh, with our business is if you are considering traveling, uh, maybe consider booking with us. We book Disney. We book other things as well. But if you are interested in checking out Disneyland, um, we would love to put together a quote for you and share some of our experience there with you in a more detailed way. There's never any obligation to book with us. There's, you know, your, your quote is free, all that good stuff, but we sure would like to help you with that and uh, maybe get you to the happiest place on earth. As always, we are That Vacation Co., serving you the most delightful destinations. 